Hi, I'm Sinuen number one, Sinuen Mendoza. I'm from Chicago, and you're listening to Villa's podcast. Represento mi bandera, lo grito por donde quiera. Mexicano 100%, no existe ni una barrera. Mucho menos no separa una frontera. Con papel o sin papeles, yo vivo a mi manera. No me importa en cualquier país. Si el celo se pone negro, gris. Escuchando a Gerardo Ortiz. Celebrando fiestas patrias con dos Genesis. Hola amigos de Pancho Villas Army, aquí el Sargento Sinuetinojo with another episode of Villas Podcast. Pie wondering, like, I inserted my real name this time instead of my, you know, PVA name. Uh, there's a reason for that, because today's episode, it's going to be one of those trippy episodes. You know, when you kind of find either your twin or your doppelganger or just anybody that you're just like, wait a minute, there's another one? Right, because you know what I'm talking about, right? Oh shoot, there's another one. Uh, that's what happened uh, with me. Uh, I would say last month, right? Several weeks ago. Um, so I want to introduce you to that person where I said, "Oh shoot, there's another one," um, and that person is uh, another Sinue Mendoza. Uh, he, uh, you know, quick story how I met him. Uh, so Carla, right? We had Carla on. We had Brooke on. We had a good podcast and, um, you know, looked at the look at Twitter and started looking at comments and people liking. And all of a sudden, this one name came up and liked and commented. And I'm like, oh, shoot, that sounds very familiar. Sinue, uh, spelled different, but similar. So I reached out, started stalking him. Uh, I saw then he started noticing that I was following him and he got curious. So we just started connecting, man, and started chatting back and forth. Long story short, here we are today. And the cool thing is, not only does he know I have a, the same name as me, but we have the same passions. And he's also very involved in sports in general. So let's give a warm PVA welcome to my my guest today, Sinue Mendoza. What's up, man? So, uh, dude, it's crazy how we you know we connected, right? Like, um, you know, it's just one of those things that just happens. And I don't know about you, but I got I got excited when I saw that it was another Sinue. Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, you know, I had never met another Sinue, uh, another Mexican Sinue. Uh, I know that, I, and and I pointed this out when we had our first conversation. The the governor of Guanajuato's middle name is Sinue, and he spells it similar to the way I do with an S. Um, and I met a Brazilian guy in Miami once or in Orlando during a women's national team game when I worked, uh, you know, we'll talk about my job where I used to work with the United States national teams. I met another Sinue who spelled it kind of like you. And the first time we looked at each other's names and we stared each other down and he started pointing at his business card. He's like, hey, I have your name. And I was like, I stopped everything I was doing. And I said, I have never met another one. So when I met you, I had met another Mexican. I met another one in the U.S. And we were Mexican-American. And you were part of Pancho Villa's Army, which I'm well aware of because I work in American soccer. And I was like, what? This guy, like, oh, my gosh, like, my long-lost brother. And I always joke with people, man, Sinue. You know, it's funny. He's calling another Sinue, Sinue, even, like, kind of, like, it brings me into this weird, like, uh, you know, like, whoa. But when I was in college and, and, and Facebook started, I was like, man, I'm starting a Facebook group called the Sinues of the World because there's not many of us. You know, like the only other place where people don't think my name is strange is in my, which is because, you know, my parents read the book. Uh, I think your dad read Sinue Egipcio when you were, uh, when he was younger. My parents read it and I actually own the book my parents read. Um, it's like this red book. 
Um, and, you know, I have it, you know, I take care of it because obviously that's where my name came from. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a very interesting story. And I always tell people the other story that, that I, I think I told you that it was a Hollywood movie in the 50s, too, in the U.S., but they took our name out of it. It's called the name of the movie is The Egyptian. They took Sinue, The Egyptian, out of it. And I always explain that to, like, you know, my friends in the U.S. They're like, you know, what's, what, what are you? What was the, I'm human for starters, you know. <laughs> you know, like. Dude, um, I'll be honest, right? And I don't know about you, but, yeah, same thing. I think we, we kind of are curious about our name, right? We find out. The fact that you have the book is freaking awesome. My, my, I don't think my dad ever kept his, his book, or I never seen it anyways. But that, that movie, I did. Research, found out what, you know, what does Sinue mean, and, and my def, that definition I looked up, and then let me know if you look up the same thing. It's Tree of Life, or the um, uh, I think a fig tree or something. It's this tree yes, of yes, something very, exactly. Something like from Egyptian mythology. Because they and, found the story in an ostracon in in like uh, in ancient Egypt, and it's in our ostracon of our name exists in the museum, uh, like the the most important museum in Cairo has the story of our name uh, and, in it. And that's one of the things that, dude, we have to check it out one day, right? So definitely take pictures. Absolutely. But someday when the Mexican national team, Egypt, you know, we'll go check it out. You know. There you go. All right, lock it in, folks. <laughs> so. Yeah, and it, looking looking up that that uh, the Hollywood movie, right? I googled it. It's on YouTube. Like you can watch. Oh, it. Oh, you can watch the movie, the full movie. But I haven't done it because it's so boring, dude. I, I started yeah. watching. <laughs> that's that was my initial thoughts. Like I'm gonna try to watch it tonight before I go to bed. But that's like, but I'll probably fall asleep within ten minutes because it's from the fifties, and like, I don't do well with those black and white movies unless it's Pedro Infante or like Cantinflas. You know, then then I could handle it. You know. Or, or like you know, when I looked at it, it's kind of similar to like the Ben Hur and the uh, the Ten Commandments, right? With Charlton Heston, those are great epic movies, similar style, but just not the same type of uh, actors and product. I was just like, oh, dude, I I can't I can't stay awake. <laughs> right, right. So, so anyway, tell us a little bit more about yourself, man. Tell us again where you're born, raised, a little bit about your family history, and then I would definitely like to talk about your journey, man, in sports. Yeah. Uh, because you have a great story. And actually, what I like to do as we go through that, um, I'll show some images that you shared with me so you can tell us a little bit about what these images are. But tell us a bit about yourself. Yeah, so, um, you know, uh, my name is Sinue. It's a, it's a great name, as you know. Uh, I was born in uh, Chicago, here in Chicago, where I, where I live now. Um, I come, uh, my parents arrived in the U.S. In, my dad arrived in 1979, and then my mom followed him here in 1980. Uh, with my sister. Um, so my sister was born in Mexico, and then uh, she came with my mom to, like, follow my dad. Uh, the interesting story about us, our journey, you know, and I say that as our journey as Mexican immigrants, is that, like many Mexicans, the idea was always to go back. Um, and my parents still have plans of going back. Um, they're from, uh, my dad is from uh, a, the, the, El Estado de Mexico, the state of Mexico. My dad's from Nesa, if everyone remembers Toros Nesa in the 90s. My dad is not a Toros Nesa fan because Toros Nesa happened after he left. It happened while he was in the U.S. Um, you know, the Estadio Nesa 86 where they played didn't exist when my dad was younger because Nesa 86 was made for the 1986 World Cup. So that is all new, like, you know, um, so he, you know, he had a little bit of loyalty to Toros Nesa, but he's always a Chivas guy, you know, very much a Central Mexico Chivas guy. Like, there's more Chivas fans in Central Mexico, Mexico City, than there is in Guadalajara. 
That that's the argument, and I and I believe it because a lot of my cousins in Mexico City are Chivas fans. Um, but then so my so my dad's from Nissan, my mom's from Mexico City. My parents met in what you call CCH, which is an UNAM high school. There's preparatorias and there's CCHs. At that CCH is where they read the book about Sinue, you know, and their third, their third son, uh, the, well, the third kid, because uh, I have a sister, obviously, my, and then an older brother, but uh, is because of, you know, their time at CCH. So they arrived in the U.S. They ra- I was born and raised in the suburbs of, of, of Chicago in the north suburbs. So very Chicago-like, you know, love baseball because of the Cubs and the White Sox. Um, watched both of them most of my life on WGN. So it, you know, most of us are Americans. You know that 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 watch a lot of baseball. Uh, for for Chicago, it's it's like hammered into your head because it's available to you every day of your life. Uh, it used to be, not anymore. But you know, when I was a kid, my brother, I'd come home from school and 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 the Cubs were on you know TV, so we would watch. Um, but the other thing that was instilled at a very early age is football. You know, I remember the 1994 World Cup. Uh, like it was yesterday. I, I I still have pictures of my brother and I in our little, you know, literally red socks, white shorts, and our, our jerseys. He had a Saga jersey, and I had a Hugo Sanchez number nine in the back. His was number 11. We still own one of them. The number 11, my my younger, uh, my nephew wears. Uh, uh, you know, it fits him now, which is really cool. And then I wear my dad's 94 kit now, because it, now it fits me. And I basically took it from him. Like, as I got older, I was like, this is mine now. You know, I, I love this jersey because it's the first jersey. The 94 kit is the first jersey that I fell in love with the, with La Verde, como se dice. Yeah, um, so let's talk a really quick, anyway. Um, and, and, and sorry to interrupt you, but I was just like, okay, now that we're talking about, you know, your journey and where your dad, first of all, I heard everything you just said. I, all I heard was Chivas fans are all, everywhere. So that's all I heard. <laughs> they, they are, man. They are. <laughs> but... Uh, let's talk about your jersey, man. So again, you said your dad was a, um, you know, he he was he was you know he saw the fan the fandom there and kind of who who was who was what. But you know, I, I think I see a Pumas jersey on you. So tell me about your your passion for the Pumas because I didn't hear that that's something that your parents you know were fans of. Yeah, so, even well, though they went to that university, right? Yeah. Well, so they didn't go to the university. They went to the high schools of Unam. They're affiliated. But so it's funny, right? So I'm a Pumas fan because of Hugo Sanchez. I love Hugo Sanchez. Still do loved him as a coach and as a player. Even though by the time I got to see Hugo Sanchez play, it was his later years. Like you know, it was his years with like Dallas Burn, and he ended up at Celaya, if you remember, uh, for a little bit at towards the end. But um, I, my dad, when I was a kid, bought me an Hugo Sanchez like documentary film, and I fell in love with his goals with Real Madrid and Pumas. And I remember seeing this jersey with the giant Puma, and, and it was like iconic, you know. And wow, I, I watched them. Uh, in the in the movie, they did La Vuelta Olimpica when they won the title in the late uh, in the it was in the early 80s and they do they go around in a circle and you know Ciudad Universitaria you know is going nuts and they all have flags. I'm like, man, that's my team. Um, even though my dad's a Chivas fan, but my dad, you know, he was supportive because like Pumas, he he doesn't mind Pumas. You you'll see like with Pumas and Chivas, there's really not a rivalry. And I, I find that there's a lot of Pumas fans who actually like Chivas, like me. And then my dad and my mom, also because they were Ciseache high school kids, they have they have um, they have Pumas jerseys with their years that they graduated from their high school and everything. So like they're very supportive. In fact, I have pictures of when they won. My mom and dad were in Mexico both when they won the Olympics and when uh, you know the gold medal for Mexico. 
and when they when they won the World Cup U17, they were both times they were in Mexico City. They're they're there a lot. Um, you know, they travel quite a bit there. And one of the times I have pictures of my mom and dad celebrating, you know, in the streets with their Pumas jerseys. Uh, in that in that case, you know. But my dad obviously has have Chivas. Everyone, every Chivista has a has the the red and white. I have I have Chivas jerseys as well because I tend to like you know have my loyalties towards Chivas as well. You know, but Pumas. Is that like I think I told you this before? Pumas has the greatest Mexican players that have ever played have been Pumas. You know, Hugo Sanchez, Leonardo Cuellar, uh, Jorge Campos, Garcia Aspe, Claudio El Emperador Suarez. Those were all Pumas, and they all came from the from the school of Pumas. Uh, you know, maybe not so much recently, you know, but in the history, Pumas has had the best players, in my humble opinion. So yeah, therefore, the the you, you'll notice with Pumas people, the love is strong, you know. And if you go to a Pumas game, man, it's it's at another level, man. The loyalty is 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 beautiful, you know. And like the 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 environment is crazy, you know. Like it, it's kind of like I, I I when I went, you know, not too long ago, like uh, about three years ago, it was very much like a college American college sports environment, you know. It was really crazy. Everybody's into it the whole time, and you know, people are chanting "Y todos saben las porras" and and younger kids because they're you know a lot of university kids are fans of the team as well. It's a very very unique situation as opposed to going to a Club America game at Azteca, which I have done. That's a little bit crazy, but it's also different because it's you know Azteca is gigantic, so it, it kind of eliminates that that great atmosphere um, that could exist at Azteca when it's like a full house. Because I've also been to a Club America final at Azteca. And it was awesome because it was like shaking, you know, there were so many people like it was very dangerous. And, you know, like I probably wouldn't do it again at my age now. But like I remember at the time I was in college, it was awesome because like the thing was shaking and like the, the fans were just going crazy. And like you know, you're in an earthquake zone in Mexico City. So, you know, the first thing you're thinking now is like, dude, not only is the stadium shaking, if there's an earthquake right now. We're all shaking in an earthquake zone in a 100,000-seat stadium with 100,000 people in it, you know? Well, there's been – I think there's been stories, too. I think when Mexico – I think there was even one um, in that the last World Cup where Nchuki scored that goal against Germany yes. where that the fans created a, a, a minor earthquake, right? I think there's yeah. – because it's, it's, in, it's in such a – in Mexico City, right? It's it's constantly sinking and it's just not in a in a solid, in, yeah, solid it's in a ground. So I mean, it, it makes sense that that would happen, man. I mean, Mexico is just you know it's it's earthquake capital, but I can see the fans making that happen. But let me ask you this follow um this the follow up syndrome. So yeah, dude, awesome. Thanks for that story. I would agree, dude. I think Pumas definitely has one of the best jerseys. I mean, there's a, just such a cool image, dude. Yeah, I think. Man. You know, of all of all the all the clubs and in, in all all the all the countries, dude. I think it's definitely up there. If it's not, I, I mean, I, in my in my opinion, it is. I don't know if there's an official. There probably is somebody, some some super soccer nerd, probably created a list of top jerseys of all times. Uh, but I I'm confident it's one of those iconic ones. Um, let's talk about your history with sports, man, because we you know we know that you're you have you know strong roots like a lot of us from our parents. You know, growing up watching you know football. In other in, in other sports, you know, whatever that is. And I know some of our parents also found a connection with baseball and, and whatever yeah, yeah. that is. But definitely soccer is, is rooted big in our in our um, upbringing. So tell us about your connection growing up and how did you what was your tie in with sports as you you know started developing your career? 
So, so I, you know, I grew up, uh, I, I loved, you know, I loved sports and, and it's, it's cliche to say it because everybody loves sports, right? You know, the majority of, of, of people in the world will likely love sports at some point or like sports, right? I love them. I, I was, my brother and I were obsessed with like, my brother and I had the, the privilege of growing up during the bill, the bulls in the nineties. Right. So we were watching the bulls, man. We would start playing basketball either outside or inside the house like we had a basket that we put in our room and we would play with a with like a sock our tube socks like in a bali i know you know shoot around and ah michael you're scotty uh we would play you know go at it we would watch boxing dude we would literally get in there and we'd box in the in our room by ourselves my brother and i were roommates our basically our whole life but again we were obsessed with sports man watched college football on saturdays nfl on sundays you know um Everything you can imagine, and we would get on our bunny ear TV set, we would watch the damn sport, right, that was on. So, uh, you know, and then my brother and I played, right? The only sports we were played, though, is the ones my dad wanted us to play and liked to see, you know, like working class Mexican father. So we played football, which I loved, um, and I played fo- fo- uh, American football, you know, um, and I loved, I loved baseball. So when I was in high school, I played four years of fo- American football. I was actually a kicker. I was a very good kicker. Um, I could kick a 45-yard field goal, and I've done it. I've done it at an NFL stadium uh, as recent as like four years ago because my colleagues at at the U.S. Soccer Federation, I told them I could do, and they laughed at me. And I was like, "Okay, go get a ball from the Titans, and I'm going to show you." Y que les enseño, you know, I, I kicked up, but you know, beyond that, I I wanted to work in sports, man. I wanted to figure it out. So I was like, "Well, you know, I'm going to be a sports reporter." So I, I figured out a way to go to college to be a sports reporter. Um, and I went to Northern Illinois University here in, in the, not far from Chicago for two years. But after being there for a couple of years, I said, well, I need to go to a bigger university like Syracuse in upstate New York. You know, the, the university that had, you know, Mike Tirico, Bob Costas, all these big names have sports reporter names have came out of there. Um, so I need to go to that university. So I, I applied to transfer there. I applied to transfer to Illinois. Funny story about that is I wanted to go to Illinois, University of Illinois, Champaign-Urbana, um, and they also had a, you know, they had, they had a good journalism program. But my parents asked me, "Cuál universidad es mejor para tu carrera?" And the first, the, the well, I told them, well, you know, like I want to be a sports reporter, so Syracuse, you know, that's like where that's like the broadcaster U is what they call it. And they're like, well, you have no choice. You're going to New York. You know, you're you're the first person to from our family to go to college. That was extended to for my whole, like uh, my cousins and everything as well. So it's like, you gotta go, you know, you, you, you're the first one, you're, you know, it's el pionero, you gotta go. So I went to upstate New York, man. I had never been there to college there. Uh, you know, my mom and first time seeing it was the first time I saw it. And we were kind of like, it was scary, right? Um, and it was different, but you know, I did it. And while I was there, man, I learned that I didn't want to be a sports reporter. I wanted to go into the other side of sports. I wanted to go into like working with teams, uh, working the PR, the broadcast side of things, the you know the marketing aspects. So I got involved in doing that within the university and started gaining experience in that, right? And it was very good experience because my college was very, you know, it's well known for sports nerds. It's It's well known like if you have the, that you know that's what you want to do like the kids that come out of there are known in our business as like well you know that's a Syracuse kid we we need to get them and it actually helped me in you know 
when I graduated, I was able to be the media relations intern for the Cubs, which was working with the Cubs PR staff as their uh, post-college paid intern. You know, and that's you know, a dream job at, at uh, that was, I was 23 back then, you know, and, and the rest is history, man. Like you break into an internship like that, you could take advantage and keep, you know, taking steps to where you need to get um, and building, you know, your experience and everything. And, you know, ever since that, man, that experience, it's been like, you know, it's been all a dream privilege to, to do the, all the cool stuff that I've gotten to do. Uh, you know, I always tell people like envision a kid in the 90s watching the World Cup and watching like Marcelo Balboa's bicycle kick in the World Cup or watching it, uh, listening to, the, to Perro Bermudez doing, it's like, I've worked with those guys, you know? Like, I know some of them personally, right? Like, you know, like now it, it's been a very, you know, a, a very humbling, it's very, you know, I, I, I really feel privileged and proud of, you know, what I've been able to do. Like my parents enjoy it now. Like they get to come to games and, you know, I bring them down on the field and like, yeah, yeah. You know, stuff like that. And it's, it's I'm very proud of it. It paid it, it paid it forward too. Right. I mean, I love, I love the fact that you said about your, your parents, right. Especially I think you said your dad, Hey, what, what's going to get you to where you want to go. The fact that they supported you, they, uh, you know, that you were the first to break, you know, to go to a New York. That's huge, man. Um, and now that you, you're able to do that, and I think a lot of us, right, and I think for a lot of our parents, uh, they want us to do better than what they did, right, where they where they are. You know, I want you to do, I want you to do better than what, you know, what we did. And, and that took a sense of pride, right, when you see that and you see, you know, your kids advance and do better. Um, so I love the fact that you got there. You're able to do your dream. And, and again, from watching it to actually being a part of it, seeing all the back end, connecting with the people that you saw on broadcast and Oh my gosh! Like I, I follow, I listen to your stuff all the time, right? Yeah. Uh, but then exactly. getting it forward with your parents and getting them on is like, hey, it's it's such a cool story, man. But tell tell me how how you kept your cool, man, because I see a lot of us getting fanboy and be like, oh my gosh, dude, like how you doing? Like, oh, oh can I get an autograph? Like, what's that <laughs> balance? Or tell me about that transition from being so, a so, fan to like, okay, now I have to like put my work face on, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's a really good question, Sinue. <laughs> you know, it feels weird every time I call you Sinue, but. That's a really good question because I, I think I was fortunate to have gone to a, a big time college, right? So working big time athletics at Syracuse, you know, because our basketball team is a big time program. Our football team is considered a big time program, even though it hasn't done well as well as it was in like the, the 90s and the late 90s. But I was exposed to big time athletics in that sense, right? And then not long after college I was able to get my dream job at a very you know being in media relations for the Cubs is like being being like I I gave I gave game notes to Lou Pinella when he was the manager of the Cubs every single day my job was when game notes were printed I went into the Cubs clubhouse you know the locker room and I would give the notes to the people that needed them and then I would go to I would literally go to Lou Pinella's office and give him his notes now that experience was awesome and it was unreal because at the time like I was a huge Carlos Zambrano fan, right? You know, the pit, the pitcher. And like, I was like literally working really closely and, and up close with him. Right. And, but at the same time, you know, th there was a job, right. And it, it was a job in the end. And you learn to like, well, you know, it, they're also just humans and they're just there to play. And they, they're very fortunate to play a, a kid's game and make money doing it, right? And I had a job to do because I had to go get, after I gave Lou Pinella notes, I had to go up to the press box and do notes somewhere else and go all like, right? So 
but I was very fortunate to duke the Cubs at a very, you know, up close and personal, very fast in my career where I learned like, hey, man, you're here to work, buddy. You're not here to like, yeah, you love the Cubs and, and you're you're very privileged to work at Wrigley Field every every day of your life. But in the end, you're a member of the front office, even if it's just for a season and you're here to do a job. Right. And it changes that. Right. Because. Due to that. You know, like, think about that, right? Growing up, you're a Cubs fan, right? And then you're going to work at Wrigley Field when you're 23 and you just got out of college and you're like, well, impress me more, right? Like, what's next? Like, let's go for Let's go work at Soldier Field and let's go do Estadio State, you know? Um, But, you know, that that's, I guess that was, I was fortunate to have got because I I know know people in the business who do cool stuff later on and they're like, wow, you know, I can't believe I'm on the field. I'm like, yeah, you know, it's, it's cool. But like, at the same time, I enjoy that because I remember how how privileged I am to do what I do, right? Like, yeah, you're, you know what? I'm going to take a step back, and I'm going to say, man, shit, this is really cool. Like, think about, like, tú, tú hubieras soñado estar en esta situación, pero, you know, no te, lo soñé, no te lo esperabas, y ahora, you know, ya lo haces, you know, as a career. Like, you're, you're, you know, I can remember the first time I went to Wrigley Field, right? And it was like, wow, you know? I was working there, you know, and, and and I've had other experiences like that where, you know, like when I went to Estadio Azteca to work, you know, and when I when I've done like um, a bunch of like a bunch of, you know, bigger games, soccer games, you know, I'm like, wow, you know, I just got done doing this. Like, he pensar, you know, where I came from, right? Like, it's 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 a humbling and it's it's I really do consider it a privilege. And I it it it, it keeps me hungry, right, to continue to. To get more right so I, was, okay, oh, I haven't done this yet you know why not that's i want to do that you know i want to go do that you know yeah but i think what you what you just said and just you know stood out to me is like all these you know what sports you know it used to be that you know you would have these big companies right like sports illustrated espn i mean these big companies that would you know cover these sporting events now you're seeing what you know the internet and stuff like that so many you know websites and other outlets i mean Twitter, I mean, Instagram, even social media, you're seeing a lot more, uh, I don't know, let's say smaller, smaller journalists, you know, companies going up that some, you know, don't have that level of professionalism. I don't know. If I, I've seen that's that. right. That's right. It man. can easily be taken away. Right. And that's why, you you know, to your point, you were you were taught early. Hey, this is this is you're representing whatever. Yeah. Us, right. You got to make sure that you have that level of professionalism. And then with now in this current state, that's why, again, a lot of these stadiums and a lot of these, you know, these these um, these teams are very also very selective. And also at the same time, like, they know they don't mess around. If you I, that's, break that's, the rules, you're out. Right. Yeah. that That's part of my job. Like that's like, um, you know, I work uh, with um, I consult for International Champions Cup. And when I was hired to do work for them in 2017, uh, it was after ha- having been with U.S. Soccer for four and a half years and running accreditation for um, for U.S. Soccer for all for all events domestic wise. Now I do that for relevant sports is International Champions Cup with Manchester United, Barcelona, Real Madrid, Chelsea. You know they've all been part of these Juventus. You know all these monster teams that come. And I was hired in 2017 specifically for that because they're like, hey, you know we're getting all these people applying. We lit, we, they, they were open with me. Like we were, we were openly, you know, we were a little bit more open. We probably, that was a mistake because you can't have these, these people who are like Manchester United fans show up to a press conference with a Manchester United jersey. And then they're, you know, and they're trying to like take selfies with Wayne Rooney, 
at, at, in the mix zone, or, or you know, like, and and I'm okay with being the 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 bad guy. And look, I know I've made I've made some you know like uh, frustrated people in the past, or you know, but you know what? In the end, look, you have to look at it in my shoes. My job is to protect those players and those teams, and 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 want them to come back to the U.S. to play. You know, um, I'm not saying like they're oh well these god they're these gods or everything. No, yeah, so it's good. You know, like. Uh, the same should go for the, los chivas, las chivas and the same should go for si fuera el Alianza del Salvador. You know, ¿sabes qué? Son jugadores, son profesionales y se merecen el respeto de ser jugadores. And, you know, the other thing is, like you said, man, some people are there to work. You know, like the Sports Illustrated guy that still gets paid to write, right? And the guy that, that works for, you know, like let's say the Los Angeles Times, you know, they're there to write. Like, how are you... Can you imagine being them trying to write, and then next to them is someone taking selfies with the jersey on? Yeah, that 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 aggravates them, man, because they hold themselves to a high level, and they're they're deep down, they're also fans too, right? They they admire like uh you know they probably admire uh Jimenez or un tú sabes or un Pulisic, right? They, they admire them too, pero no se van a poner a tomar fotos with the players, right? Like so, you bring up you like. Yeah, th- these days it's it's even getting harder to do the type of job that like someone like me does for a tournament like that, or or for for like a a, a soccer game or an, or any other event because I do it for other sporting events too. It's like, but you also have to look at it in this. Hey, you know whether people like it or not, it is about money, right? And people pay for that access. And why should you as a fan get that access without paying for it? And your your uh, your other fans. That are your like other fans that are just as big of fans that you don't have that access, but they've now paid for it. Why should they get it and you don't? Because you quote unquote pretended to be media, right? There's a place for it. Look, when I was at US Soccer, your counterparts, the Outlaws, we credentialed them because they their their people got you know they had access to the field and with for cameras they would take pictures down there of the of of the tifos you look at you know all the great work they did you know and the same thing if it was you you know with pva and and you hey look we got this photographer that's gonna i mean i i'm gonna give him the access because for one you're an ally you're you're affiliated to the you're bringing the greater good to the organization right that's why for me like pva i was always when i saw it happen from the ground up i was like that's a good for one that's a really good idea if it's done right it's going to be really good because there's a lot of people who are like that pva target audience in fact i'm one of them even though i work for us soccer right now but like it's like i like the mexican national team right you know and there's and i know for a fact i'm not the only one there's millions of me out there <laughs> you know like but you know what I'm saying like right there. oh my gosh so this is great this is why I, I can't wait to then hear how that is right but yeah, again, first of all, thank you. And again, it's, it's opportunities and it's connections and it's, you know, building the, that allies, allyship between our organization with, you know, the different sporting, you know, stadiums and teams do um, that allow us, you know, the, like you said, the access and the opportunity. But again, not take advantage of it. Make sure that we also put on people that are professional, well, love- not going to put a bad name out there for, for, our, for PVA and even the outlaws, the same thing. But yeah, but then you have these situations there, Sinue. Do you work <laughs> for U.S. soccer, but you're a Mexico fan? Tell us how how is that, man? Do you get do you, do you have to like be a closeted Mexico fan around your 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 colleagues? Do you have to like be like I, Superman I, I, and have a, a a jersey underneath, and then once it's yeah, ready, okay. you know, go to a phone booth if they still exist and 
and come out like super Mexico fan. Like, tell us about how, how the life is of a, well, of so, a, of a Mexico fan in, in the U.S. So I should I should say how I broke into soccer. I went I worked for Sporting Kansas City in 2011, um, which is crazy now that I think about it. I'm looking at the years. It was ten it was ten years ago around this time of year when I moved to Kansas City to work. That was when they rebranded and they had Omar Bravo. So I actually got hired to go do marketing PR for for the rebrand, you know, with a with a uh, concentration on the Latino segment and the fact that they had Omar Bravo. We have this we have this Chivas superstar. I was like I know damn well who Omar Bravo is. Like he's the leading scorer in, in Chivas history. And Chivas back then, man, it was still it was still like up there with you know Club America. Like Club America has has now probably surpassed them because of their success. And rightfully, rightfully so. Look, I cannot let Cesar look at Cesar. I don't, you know, I'm not a big fan of them as a team, but you know, they they, they are where they are, right? Because I'm, of I'm success. Almost, I almost turned off your mic there, Cena. I almost turned it off. I'm like, quit, quit talking all this. Uh, <laughs> <I love. laughs> all right, keep going. But, but what but what I'm getting at, so it's like I was there for a year, and I and I worked with Omar, and I worked. It was really a great experience, but I got this opportunity to work with U.S. And you know, it's it's about it's about progress and it's about improving your career, right? And going to like the top of the American soccer totem pole, which, you know, whether people want to admit it or not, it's the United States Soccer Federation, right? And then Major League Soccer, right? Yes, the Mexican national team is the most popular team, but they work with Soccer United Marketing and, you know, U.S. soccer. Like, you know, essentially they're affiliated, right? In, in some ways um, through Soccer United Marketing, right? And there's tours that are organized very similarly. But uh, I got the opportunity to go, you know, do work communications, um, and which was which was one of my bigger backgrounds, you know. So I took it, you know, and you know, they didn't ask me if I was a Mexican national, and nor did I tell them, right? I, I, um, but I did put away my fanaticism. Look, everybody at Sporting Kansas City knew that I was a Mexican national team fan because that was the year of the Gold Cup where uh, the Geo goal, uh, the at the Coliseum when. We, uh, it looked like it was going to be a Los Acero, and then Mexico scores four unanswered, if you remember, uh, at the Coliseum. I remember because I was at a game. We were at we we had a game that day, and I was really frustrated because I was like, "Damn, it's going to happen again. We're going to lose to to the United States national team again." And, and you know, like what? This isn't right, you know. But yeah, they ended up winning, and I was obnoxious about it. But which which made it funnier because when I got the job at U.S. Soccer, it's like. Some of the people at Sporting Kansas City were like surprised and kind of like almost like, dude, really? Come on. Like, you're like the biggest like Mexican national team fan. But you know what? Like, I was very professional about it. I, I was never openly a Mexican national team fan. I didn't cheer for them. Like, it, you know, it, it, look, I didn't even cheer for the U.S., even though I, I, I gained a loyalty for the U.S., right? The, the U.S. national team while I was there. Um, you know, I, I was happy, you know, when, when things went well for both. Um, I think it's also important for both teams to do well at the same time, right? Like, and for both leagues to do well because they're the giants. They're, they're the people in Europe look at as like, you know, what's going on in North America, right? It's it's those two. Um, but yeah, look, you know, I, I put away the jerseys. Like, I, I have a I have a collection of Mexican national team World Cup jerseys, and you know, I didn't use them. You know, I I didn't wear them. So Mexico played played the in the World Cup in Brazil that year. Uh, well, I I have a funny story, right? I I was I would travel for the the U.S. men's national team 
qualifier games, you know, away. Um, so, you know, I went to Panama, Jamaica. I went to uh, Honduras. Oh, awesome experiences, man. If you could ever go to a CONCACAF qualifier, it is awesome, man, because it is the craziest thing you will ever see, man. Like, Jamaica is very much stereotypically Jamaica. It smells like pot. And, you know, there's, it's like kind of like smoky. And, and in Honduras, man, when, when the U.S. played there, they declared a national holiday, dude. People were at, they opened in the morning and the game was like at one o'clock in the afternoon. By the time we went in there, it was like a, a cage full of crazed dogs, dude. Like they were going crazy ready for the games. And dude, it was hot. And I'm like, I was like, yeah, I like to bring a European team and be like, you, you think you can come in here and win? Like, yeah, it's like, you think this is easy? Like, yeah, right, dude. Like, look at that grass. It's like, it's like Florida sawgrass. It's super thick, you know, like, um, but, you know, it was, it was a, it was a great experience, man. But like, in one of those trips, I was in Panama. And if you remember, the U.S. had to beat Panama for Mexico to make the World Cup. I was at that game, man. I was in Panama City. It was a beautiful trip. Uh, you know, again, very privileged. I was, you know, I was there with media. I, I, I would organize the trips for the media covering the U.S. national team. And it was, you know, it was a great trip. And then Panama was going to win the game, if you remember. Like, dude, they were, like, celebrating in the stadium. And they were going crazy. Like, they were going to go to the World Cup because if they won that game against the U.S., they would make the World Cup. Well, that was the game where Graham Susie and I'm forgetting uh, what's his name, score the goals at the end of the game. And they eliminate Panama. Well, as you can imagine, man, you know, deep down, I felt bad for the Panamanians because, you know, they're beautiful people. And, you know, they were, dude, they were celebrating like they were going to go to the World Cup. But deep down, dude, I was really happy for the Mexican national team and my dad. I was like, they're going to, they're good because they're going to play New Zealand and there's no way they're going to lose to New Zealand now. Right. And they and I was super happy, like, but that was one of those days I had to be professional because I, I genuinely felt bad for the Panamanians. I genuinely felt happy for the U.S. national team winning. Right. Because it was of like, you know, you guys said this, you know, like, but and at the same time, dude, I was I was ecstatic for the Mexican national team because they were going to go back to the World Cup. And if there's one thing that's great, it's Mexico playing in the World Cup because it is it is excitement at another level, man. Like I remember I watched that World Cup with my dad. Like I I, I make it I, I go out of my way to go watch it with him, you know, like um and it, yeah. it was it was a lot of fun, man. A lot of roller coaster of emotions there, you know. I mean, oh, just talking absolutely. about it not only from, you know, your personal fandom, but just seeing the you know, the Panamanians fans and then the US fans and just a lot dude, a lot happened. I mean, there's tons of memories like that, right? Where it's just so much emotion going on. From being behind, being the underdog. I mean, there's that's why that's why we love sports, right? We connect with it because exactly. of that emotional connection and, and investment that we just put into it, man. I mean, all those all those hundred and sixty some games, you know, to get to where they're at, all those, you know, whatever, right? The qualifiers. I mean, we invest a lot in yeah. it. Yeah. We we just enjoy it. We 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 enjoy those moments, whether they're, you know, come often or they come sparingly, but we 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 cherish them. Um, but let's, uh, I have, uh, you share some images with me and I just want to share them. And if you want to just kind of walk through, uh, some of yeah, those, sure. just, uh, let us know, you know, what, what, what was going on there, when were they taken? And then, uh, you know, we'll wrap up with talking about some of the jerseys because you just, you have a good collection of them. So I'd like to have a good discussion around that. 
All right. So this first image here, Sinoy, of course, um, here's a spelling of your name, right? But uh, you're <laughs> yes, definitely yes. wearing one of my favorite jerseys, one of, one of the jerseys that I like as well. But, uh, you know, tell us about this image here, man. What's going on here? So that's, so that's a 94 uh, uh, kit my dad wore in the 94 World Cup uh, that, I that, wore, I, that, that I wear now. So that, I, I spoke when the USA-Mexico qualifier, the last one at Azteca, I think you were at that one, correct? Um, at Estadio Azteca, they tied 1-1 on the, yep. the goal by Michael Bradley that since uh, yeah. Ochoa was, was up and se descuidó and they hit it, you know. And I was I was there with my dad. My dad had never been to a USA go in Azteca uh, and for a qualifier. So we took him for Father's Day because if you remember, it was around like late June, which is around my birthday. Uh, my birthday is June twentieth, so it's usually around Father's Day. So we went on a guy's trip. My brother and I and my dad went by ourselves for the first time in Mexico. And I spoke to the series called The Hex about my fanaticism for. Uh, it wasn't. It, I was open to talking about the fact that I worked for U.S. Soccer, but I and I was actually a Mexican national team fan. But you know, they were like, "Yeah, we don't need to touch that, but we want to talk to you about being an American and being a, a Mexican national team fan." So that's me at uh, outside El Ángel de la Independencia on Reforma in Mexico City, talking to them about my fanaticism. Now, what you can't see is I'm wearing white shorts with uh, American blue stars on them, which I wore them to the game. Uh, as well, to you know, because I was also representing my my country. You know, I'm proud to be an American. I'm born and raised in the U.S. My my brother served, you know, so we're very American in that sense, but we're very Mexican connected to our our roots because we're you know uh, we're there. Now, funny story about that is my former boss at U.S. Soccer saw that that uh, them that you know that that. Uh, that episode of the hex is what they call it. They, they, it's done through MLSsoccer.com. And he saw it and he noticed that I was on it. And I was talking about being a Mexican national team fan. Now, the day after the game, there's only so many flights from Mexico City to O'Hare in Chicago, which Chicago is the, uh, the, you know, the home of U.S. soccer. So I get on the plane with my dad and my brother to get, you know, to fly out back to to Chicago the next day after the game. And in the front of the plane is Brad Gazan, who's from Chicago. I don't know if you knew, but the, the goalkeeper, Brad Gazan, is from Chicagoland. And uh, my former boss, they're in the front. They're in first class. Yeah, I was. we were coach, right? And we were going, and he sees me. And, you know, like, it's really slow when you get on the plane. And he's like, yo, he, he looks at me, like, really, like, serious. And I was like, come on, man. Like, what the hell? Like, he, like, he never knew, right? Like, that I was a and you know, like that's how good I did at being professional and like not talking about my fanaticism and that I liked the Mexican national team. That he was like, really, man? I'm like, come on, like kind of se sentía como traicionado, you know? Like I was like, yeah, well, you know, man, come on, you had them figured, right? Like, you know, come on, like, you know, there's my dad, like my dad's in like his Mexico jersey, my brother's wearing a Chivas like '90 with the mixed lube. And I and I, and like the funny thing is my my former boss's dad served in Vietnam. My my brother served in Iraq. So like I was ready to be like, look, you gonna tell my brother he can't be a Mexico fan? You know, like the guy who served in Iraq. Like uh, go ahead, like, you want to tell? Like you can question me. But you can question the guy who served. Like he can do whatever the hell he wants in this place now because like, he served three tours of duty in Iraq. You know, <laughs> like uh, just like your dad and did in Vietnam, right? But like. 
but it was he was cool about it. He was kind of just like, "Come on, dude! Like, you know the rivalry. It's huge. You know, no, you know, like." Se se sintió un poco traicionado. I I get it, but I'm like, "Come on, dude! Like, well, I, you know, I, I, if, uh, I've been wearing that green jersey since I was like nine years old, man. Like, give members a hard time too, man. I mean, there's a uh, there's a couple members that I've seen with like U.S. jerseys, and I'm like, "Dude, what are you doing? Right? It's just what we do, man. You just got to give each other a hard time, and that's that's hilarious, though, it's man. It's fun. Like, I I like it, man. The rivalry, the rivalry as we get older, I think, gets more friendly too. Like. It's okay to like both, even though you love the Mexican national team, right? Like, look, with the women, I'm very, I like the women's national team a lot for the U.S., but I'm also very much a big fan of the women's national team, Mexican national team, because it's a lot of, a lot of Mexican-American girls, you know? So it's like... It's a lot of connection there. A lot it's of, a lot of connection to yeah. those girls that they're like from L.A., they're from San Francisco, yeah. Arizona, you know, you're like, man, that's one of us, you know? Kind of, yeah, exactly. Similar environments to us and stuff like that. Yep. Right? Um, what about this one here? What's go- oh, speaking of that, women's uh, championship. Tell us about yeah, so that was when I did the. Uh, that was a 2014 women's championship to go to the to the World Cup or the Olympics. I I'm, I can't remember. So remember, I'm a Pumas fan. So that's the the longtime coach of the women's national team of Mexico is Leonardo Cuellar, Pumas legend and 1978 World Cup. Uh, uh, guy who who I idolized. My dad liked him because he's from my dad's generation. And there I was, man, in a press conference with Leo. You know, and I got to know Leo from working a little... I worked a lot of women's national team, like, events, and, like, a lot of times we would play them in friendlies, and I got to know Leo. It, again, a very unique situation, man. Like, I used to have, like, a picture in my locker in junior high of Leonardo Cuellar with the Levi's kit, you know, the one we've talked about before. The, it, it was white. It was really ugly, but I had a kit with him because, you know, I knew Leo Cuellar played for Pumas, and I knew that he played for the Mexican national team. So, like, I idolized him. And here I am, man. I'm in a press conference with him. And, like, you know, I remember sending it to my mom and dad. I'm like, hey, look, this is this is thanks to you guys. Like, this is the journey. Like, I'm in a press conference with Leo Cuellar. And, like, what an, what an honor that was and a privilege to do that, right? Like, it was, like, one of those full circle moments, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, man, it totally does. That's awesome, bro. That's awesome. And 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 of course, you know, here's another image um, as you go along, right? Another another. Is this the same same championship, or is this a different? No, event? this is this is me doing international champions cup. So international champions cup, you end up wearing a lot of hats. So that day, the person who was who was supposed to be there to do our pregame flash, didn't 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 show up. So they needed someone to talk to Pep Guardiola before the game. I was like, I'll do it. You know. Why not? It'll be fun and it'll be an honor. You know, talk to Pep Guardiola for Flash pregame. Let's do it. So I, went and I jumped in and did the, the Pep Guardiola Flash. And not only that, man, the other one I did that day was uh, Pochettino. So it was Pochettino and Guardiola. Imagine that. Like in the same day, I, I got to do Flash for both of them. Man. It was an honor, man. Again, it was one of those surreal moments. Like, shit, like. You know, I sent that one to my dad and, and you, you know my brother. They were they were really proud. They were like, man, like, wow, look at you. You're you're, estás con Pep Guardiola, you know? like the guy, you know, like you know, for me. It's like, yeah, I know. That's why I sent it to you. This is very exciting. Like, I, I like, knew exactly when they're like, hey, can you do? It? I was like, yeah, I guess I could do it. You know, I'll step in. You know, I'll, I'll do Pep. You know, dude, him and I go way back. You know? Yeah, well, that's crazy, dude. And then being ready, I love the fact that you just went, "Yeah, let's go for it, man." You know? Yeah. Well, look, I, you know, and, I, and I was nervous because, like, this guy, you only live once, dude, and like, you have an opportunity. 
te va a tocar, you know, are you going to have the opportunity to do this with Pep, you know, and have that image, you know, in your career, right? Like, it's like, wow, you know? If you would have said no, you would have been back like, dude, why did I say no? Exactly. I would have been kicking myself in the butt. But I, here's this next image, dude. It's funny. I should have put this right after. I didn't even know that was who that was, right? But you talk about Cueva, dude. Here's the, here's the jersey you're talking about, right? Yes, dude. That's and then that. your your uh, your idol, dude. I mean, that that's V-neck, too, man. How sick is that jersey? <laughs> and the long sleeve, that man. I might think that that might be the greatest jersey they've ever worn, like, because it's so cool, man. I don't see many people wearing it, man. It's rare. I think it's, it's one of rare the- to find that baby, man. That's that's a beauty, man. The way they did the stripes on the on the sleeves, and it's a long sleeve and a V neck, and I need to man, your set of hair was so badass too. On phone call and be like, hey, Hugo, you still have that jersey? Hey, you know what? Would you mind parting <laughs> with it? Yeah, you know, I kind of want it. Yeah, thanks, <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> He probably does, man, because, like, that guy, you know, I, I've heard stories about how, how, how big of a fan he is of himself. Like, he had a statue of his Chilena built at his house. At his house. Dude, yeah, have you heard that his story? interviews, right? He has his interviews. Yeah, yeah. He has all his awards and trophies. Yeah. I mean, but you know what? Like, I always say that, like, people, some people, like, hate on Michael Jordan. It's like, man, but if you were Michael Jordan, or, like, if you were a Penta Pichichi, like, yeah. you know, you kind of, like, yo... Kind of know what I'm doing. He's actually yeah, not, like... not a bad guy either, dude. I, I me and um, you know, after um, the the Dosa Cero, uh big, you know, victory of you know overcoming the Dosa Cero victory in Columbus, right? When you Columbus, had, yep. yeah, me and my friend um, went out there, and um, you know, on the way back, we took an American Airlines flight, and Hugo was on that flight. So right away, is like, dude, we have, have to say something, dude. So right away, yeah. like, as we, you know, that that slow walk down the aisle, like you said, and he was in first class. My Hugo Campeon, you know, you know, and then he gives us, um, he has these little, little flyers or little, uh, flyers of himself with all his, his accolades and his picture. And he just hands them out, you know, like little pamphlets. He has like his own business card of his accolades. But it's like, yeah, it's like a, like, I don't know, maybe the size of like a traditional, you know, photo, right? But it opens up and you see all his, like, his his accolades. Dude, that's awesome. Kind of like his resume in a way, right? But all this. So I grabbed that. I'm like, dude, this is awesome. And, then we we leave and I'm like, do I have to get his autograph? Why didn't he get his autograph? Exactly. Um, so we're like, okay, where, where is he at? You know, we, of course he left early. We're way we're in coach. Uh, we're like brainstorming, dude. Where, how can we find him, dude? This is a crazy, you know, busy airport. My boy, he, I think he lives in San Diego. And I'm like, well, let's look at you know the next connection to San Diego, right? So we looked it up. We found the the gate. We took off running. Uh, you know, we're, we're looking around and he was sitting at a, at a restaurant, you know, waiting for his food. And we like went up, dude. And he was totally cool. Allow us to take pictures, wow, wow. sign, sign, sign his little, you know, his little uh, pamphlet thing. And, um, you know, for us, that was like a, a dream come true, dude. Yeah. yeah. Seeing that, him, that... Being cool and not, not being, you know, not being like, I'm too busy. I mean, I can imagine he had, he was broadcasting probably busy all day. Flight. I mean, I can see him being tired, dude. Like, I don't want, but it was really cool that he took the time to do that for us. Yeah, dude. yeah. That is that very, is very cool, cool because, see, I wouldn't have thought he would be like that from the stories I've heard. Um, but that's that's really good to hear because, you know, again, he's my ultimate favorite, uh, my favorite, like, you know, player of all time. So, you know, and I know there's a lot of people who despise him. So, you know, like. It's good to hear, like, hey, this guy's, uh, you know, he he was good to these guys who just went up to him and asked for an autograph. Which, you know, can you imagine a guy like that, you know, 
he probably gets it all the time. You know, people bothering him with all sorts of questions and. We don't understand the level of how it can it can get tiring, man. I mean, we don't we don't we we see it as like you know, hey, we're we're your fans or we admire you. You should always, but at the same time, and we're human beings. Like, since there are times where you're just tired and you yeah. just don't want to, you know, don't want to interact. I mean, especially if you've just been doing it all day, dude. It, it we got to be understanding in that. And that's why I think it's hard for us, for me, anyways, to be like, dude, I don't want to bother him. You know, like I don't. And I guess it's one of those things I not take it personal if they say, you know what, not right now. It's like okay, maybe yeah. it's not yeah. time. Yeah, like I see it all the time, man. Like people saying it to like play, like, oh my my kid went up to him and he he's like not right now. It's like, dude, you know, really they, you got to look at them in in their shoes. Like, you know, I'm not making excuses for if there's bad athletes out there who are, but you know, like they they don't live. They're very busy as much as you think that they're just like. You think it's like high school football or something, right? Like or soccer, where like you just go home and go eat or something and do your homework. Like no, these guys like they have a whole day of like, you know, a lot of people watch film and you know they have a life. You know, some of them have families. You know, like yeah. So now me and him are best friends. I'll just call him up for that jersey and I'll get you one too. Like, <laughs> uh, but speaking of, of jerseys and things like that, um. One of the things, and I don't know if you know this anyway, but one of our new shirts are, are come out, new logo, and I'm actually wearing it right now. Uh, but you, meant to, dude, what do you think about this this jersey, this shirt? I like it. I was the Ejército de Pancho Villa. I like it. The the yeah. iconic eagle and and you know, devorando la serpiente, as they say. I like it, man. And I like With the stripe the of the black. Yeah, the Mexico color, dude. This is uh, just it's gonna come out, you know, beginning of the month in February. So when this comes out, dude, but. You know, I, I love that we're constantly trying to find, you know, those imageries, right? Things that connect to us and, and those symbols. Absolutely, man. But uh, yeah, man. So just to wrap up, I want to also give a quick shout out to Carla and um, Brooke. So I had them a few episodes back and they challenged me to try soy chorizo, right? Soy chorizo, whatever. <laughs> have you had that before, bro? Uh, I have. I have. I don't eat that much chorizo as it is. When I was a kid, it made me sick. Uh, I, I had like a chorizo con papa, and I got sick from it. I, I've gone back to eating it, but to be honest with you, I've never been big on chorizo as it is. So the soy chorizo was even more like, yeah, this ain't it. Like, you know, like it's got a weird texture to it. Like, I think soy stuff has a weird texture to it. I'm, I'm very much like a, a paleo type of person, anyways. Like, I eat a lot of meat and like vegetables and. And everything, so like the soy stuff, though, man, is, is I, it, it could be rough. It's different, like the texture, bro. You know, like kind of like jelloey or something. It was the same way, but do honestly, you know, I mean, I actually took some footage here, and I'll show uh, as I'm talking about it. I'll show some of the the stuff I did. It actually did not look that bad. So I don't know what they did in this one. It actually looked like chorizo, and just like you, maybe it's a sinuete thing. Maybe we don't, we don't chorizo we doesn't. No somos choriceros, no somos de Toluca. <laughs> it's our, it's our kryptonite, man. It just doesn't go well for our, for our body. It, it makes us do funny things. But uh, no, dude, it actually turned out pretty good. It tasted well, and I did not get the after effects that I get after eating chorizo. And I don't know, is it because of the way it's, it's served? I, I just don't feel good afterwards. And it was pretty good. So you know, I, I. I, I Got two tortillas, you know, got some tortillas, put it in with some huevo, mix it in, make some uh, guacamole on the side, put it and made a taco out of it. It was actually pretty good, man. I'm not going to lie. So I'm going to tell Carla, hey, you know what? I So far, I'm a believer. I'll give it a try again. Yeah. Too. You know, because I wouldn't eat chorizo by itself. It just doesn't do well, but this actually worked for me. So 
Um, and sister, your points, you know, give give it a try. Maybe you got the one you got was a little off. But yeah, it did yeah. not look. It, it looked like actual, like I got chorizo, dude. Like it was the texture. It did not look weird. It did not, you know, come alive or make noises or you know do. <laughs> my 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 favorite my, thing about the soy chorizo is that you think about it like you know as Mexican Americans, you 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 read in Spanish too. It looks like I'm chorizo, like like you're the soy chorizo, you know. And like oh, I've yeah. seen so many memes from it, like, like the first thing you think is like, oh, that's hilarious. It's true. It's like it's like reading I'm chorizo, you know? Like yeah, you sure are. Like you sure are. You're, you know, you're like, they're you're trying to convince you that hey, whether you whether you believe it or not, I'm soy, but I'm chorizo, you know. <laughs> and that, that, that reminds me, man. If you ever get a chance, you should make your way to Toluca. Have you, have you ever been to Toluca? No, I haven't. Well, you know, Toluca is not far from Mexico City. In fact, I have cousins that live there. Dude, Toluca is an awesome city, and it's you know it's where chorizo is like you know the primary. And so, like they have markets everywhere, and chorizo everywhere. They have green chorizo. They have like stuff you've never ever seen before, right? And like I've never been to Nemesio Diaz or Bombonera, pero that's that's one of my bucket lists is to go back to, to Toluca because I went to go see it the, the old one you know but now like you see it on TV man it's it's gorgeous you know like the the, the yeah I need to go check out man the fact that you just said you know it's it's, it's there's so much to so much to explore you know when I go out yeah there. so I think um I don't know about all of you you know that's been listening to the podcast man I'm I'm inspired dude I can't wait dude to just start uh, you know exploring but also hopefully you know by hearing you know Sinue's story you're inspired, you know, to pursue, you know, whatever it is that you have a passion for. Um, you know, sometimes we have, you know, some doors that open for us. Sometimes, you know, it, they don't open for us, but we have to find our own path. Um, just whatever that is, man, go and continue to pursue that, you know, connect and find ways. But I think the biggest, the biggest, uh, I don't know, lesson or takeaway too is be also be professional. I mean, you're, you're, you know, it's a privilege that if you have the opportunity to be in a position where you've always dreamed about, don't, don't, don't don't fuck it up, you know. Don't mess it yeah, up, man. Yeah. You know, be, be professional. Take advantage. Soak in. Take in that that environment, but don't don't do anything that you're gonna regret. And all of a sudden, it's gone, right? And, and it can easily be taken away um, after working so hard. So, so anyway, any final thoughts? Anything you wanna close up with that you're you know either working on or something you you, you know you have passion to just to to share with us? Um, any sure. projects? So so, so. so uh, Wednesday is National Girl and Women in Day. So I want to, you know, I'd like to say, you know, I'm not sure when you'll air this, but, you know, Wednesday, February 3rd will be National Girl. You know, if you know someone who works in sports or, or, or a professional athlete that works in sports, make sure you celebrate that day because we've seen so I'm a lot of the work I do, you know, um, is involving women's sports. You know, I, I've done work with women's softball, uh, you know, professional softball. And, and, you know, I've worked a lot of women's soccer and I had the privilege of working with the, the women's national team in the U.S. So it's, it's very important to me. And I, I'm very proud to see what's going on. And, you know, Wednesday, we, you know, we'll be, we'll be celebrating them. I, and I, I really want to like ask everybody to, you know, look, recognize like what's going on in sports all around has been great. You know, like, um, you know, support the women's national team too, you know, support Liga Mixed, uh, women support the NWSL, support the sisters. You know, I, I I like to use the term sisters for our for our Latina sisters. You know, like like I'm inspired by them all the time. Like I follow some of them on on Twitter and Instagram, and and I see like the all the positive stuff they're doing, and you know how fast things have moved. 
you know, for them. And I'm really, really happy to see Liga MX as well doing doing a lot of great work. But you know, like if the if the women's national team comes to your town, go go, you know, have PVA go there, you know, like support them the way the American Outlaws support the the women's national team, right? Like they do those tifos for them when they go in there, right? Like and everything. But because we spoke about this earlier, man. A lot of them are like you and I. A lot of them are from California or, you know, not so much Chicago. <laughs> not so much uh, a soccer talent as down in the South. But, like, what I'm saying is, like, you know, same thing. Like, this, this summer, the Mexican softball team is going to have the first ever uh, time that there's going to be a softball team from Mexico in the Olympics. And the majority of them are Mexican Americans, like who are from San Diego. I, I've worked with a lot of them closely, but a lot of them are Mexican Americans like you and I see. So um, again, let's, let's get out there and support, you know, support them because they really need our support. And honestly, I love watching softball. I like watching women's soccer, right? Like, it, you know, it's, 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 it's entertaining. It's, you know, it's, they are the best at what they do. You know, but I, I want to encourage everyone to do that. And like you said, the other stuff, you know, like, uh, you know, dream big. You know, I, I, you know, at this age, I, you know, I've worked with the Cubs, done a lot of stuff that I never thought I, you know, I'd imagine when I was like nine years old, watching World Cup soccer with my dad. You know, now I've, I've done stuff that you know, him and I never imagined, and and even my, you know, my mom who, who's very supportive of my of my passion for sports. Um, but, you know, go dream big. And, you know, in this country, anything's possible. You know, my dad always told me, like, hey, like, aquí se vale soñar porque, you know, you have the opportunities, you know, like, to you, the education, the, you know, the the opportunity to get out of, you know, what you're, you know, working class, like, actually go, you know, have a desk job somewhere, you know. And, you know, it's true, right? It's, 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 it's very unique. Awesome, man. Well, so, you know, thank you for that. Yeah, we definitely want to support, uh, you know, women in sports. And like you said, you know, um, continue to grow, grow their 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 platform, grow, you know, spread Absolutely. the word. And, and to your point, yeah, we definitely, you know, um, a lot of our members are doing a good job in, you know, supporting them. Very when they, good. I mean, one of our members in North Carolina, Chico, has, you know, actually built a good relationship with several of the women's soccer team in Mexico, right? And reaching out to them and supporting them and so I think that awesome. image of him holding his baby, like trying to get their attention, and they're like, "Oh, watch out! You're like Michael <laughs> Jackson, dude! Don't drop that baby, right?" <laughs> but uh, exactly, dude. Thank you again, Sinway. It was a pleasure, dude. It's always nice, you know. Um, you know, I, I I just came to the conclusion that all all Sinway is a freaking awesome. So hey, yeah, you know, thank you. Uh, yeah, if you, you want, know. if you have a kid on the way, consider naming him Sinway because you know we're pretty cool. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah is a great name, and everybody should know a Sinway because son. Somos chingones. Somos chingones. Yep, I agree with that, man. So, again, it's Sargento here from Phoenix all the way to Chicagoland. The other scene, thank you very much. Hasta la próxima, amigos. Don Vicente, un chingón para cantar. Give me humilde que historia para contar. Y hay un chingo de estrellas difícil para terminar. Y la banda norteño, nos empezamos. Son las tres de la mañana y no paramos. La cerveza en la hielera la sinfriamos. Y aunque lleguen los azules, nosotros no nos cantamos. I'm from Chicago. I am a uh, sports consultant, and you are listening to Vias Podcast.
Okay, perfect. So that was a good run. Um, let's do it again, but now let's uh, get some energy in there, man. Let's go. <laughs> you're about, you're, it's two scene West talking at once, man. Come on. <laughs> it's like it's like uh, Spider Man seeing Spider Man in the multiverse. Come I'm on. gonna say I'm gonna say you're. I'm scene win number two. <laughs> no, I'm gonna say scene win number one. Yo soy el primero, cabrón. Yo soy el primero. Even though, okay, okay, okay. Well, even though you were born four <laughs> years before. <laughs> All right, man. Let's do this.